0: God is good, amen. I want you to turn with me to the book of John. John chapter three. Start off in verse 14. Before we kick it up there, I want to share a story with you that I found quite interesting. And that could be implemented to the passages that we're going to be looking at today. And this is a true story, so I want to direct your frame of mind towards compassion. So the story goes, there was two dogs that were walking on a sidewalk one day. One dog gets hit by an oncoming car. For hours, cars pass by in amazement as the dog lays on the road. and not a single car will stop. Yet his comrade dog desperately tries to revive him by pushing him with his nose and his paws. The surviving dog was unsuccessful in reviving his buddy. Nevertheless, He had enough compassion to drag him off the street. Some may be saying, that's why I prefer animals, well then maybe we should be more like animals And in doing so, we may have more compassion. When I looked up the word compassion, it was uh, not funny to me, but amazing that it's recorded, that even science shows that we are wired to have compassion. Again, we are wired to have compassion. One of the greatest scriptures that we'll see in the Word of God is in the book of John. We're going to read off of verse 14, and we'll go ahead and read down all the way to verse 17. And it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the scripture that we all know very well, you've been a Christian for a long time. You, You should already know this scripture by memory. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him may be saved today I want to minister on compassion and we're going to be looking at two compassions the first compassion we're going to be looking at is the compassion of God and then we're going to be looking at the compassion of the believer. When we look at the word of God, God is full of compassion. We see here through these verses that we read that he loved you, he loved me, he loved the lost so much that he will send his son, his only begotten son to die for sinners, to die for the lost, to die for those that may not acknowledge him as God one day. Yet he cared for them so much. He loves us so much that he gave what was precious to him. He had so much compassion for a lost world that it is not his will that any shall perish but that all come to the understanding the saving understanding power of salvation. That's true compassion. When you're able to to die to self The Bible says, no greater love has this, no man than this, that he laid down his life for another, for his brother. You see, God is full of compassion. When we look at the acts he did, they were all moved by either love, mercy, or compassion. Mercy and compassion are ignited by love. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Mercy and compassion are ignited by love. So if a person doesn't have love, if a believer doesn't have love, It's hard for them to have mercy and it's hard for them to have compassion because mercy and compassion are birthed through love. Therefore, when a person cannot move in mercy and compassion, the question arises, is there genuine love? This is for me okay not for you this is for me because first you have to heal the message to be able to minister the message and the truth is that i have found myself in places where i tend to forget how ignorant i was i tend to forget how helpless I was. I tend to forget how fragile I was. How unspiritual I was. How answerless I was. So now I'm going to put it in your court. We tend to forget how ignorant we were. How helpless, how fragile, how unspiritual, how answerless we were. You see, God shows mercy by actively helping those who are miserable due to circumstances being out of their control. Have you ever been miserable? You may be feeling miserable today. God wants to actively show you compassion in the situations that you are not able to have control over today. And that's who God is when everybody pushes you away, when everybody shuts you down, when everybody walks away, only God is able to give you the compassion that you have, that you need and that you desire. You see all the acts of miracles, all the healings, all the impartations Everything that Christ did in the Word of God was moved out of compassion. It grew out of an attitude of having mercy and compassion and love for those who were helpless, who were ignorant, who were fragile, who were unspiritual, who were lost, who did not have the answers. So I want to submit to you today that if you want to be Christ-like, and if you truly want to be mature, you have to move in compassion, because that's what Christ moved in, in compassion. Without it, we are immature Christians. Again, the acts of Christ were considered to be acts of compassion. Now let's look at some of the things that Christ did. So we just learned that the greatest act of compassion that Christ showed for the believer to follow is that He gave. God gave. He gave His only begotten Son so that Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God doesn't reject people. People reject God. God has compassion upon those who are lost. Those who are seeking answers, he has compassion upon their lives. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We're going to see Christ moving in ministry. Verse 35 shares with us that Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And it amazes me because he's doing, he's performing ministry, he's, he's doing ministry, he's moving, and what he has to do, he's moving about his father's business. And then he, he looks and he sees the multitude. And the Bible says that when he seen the multitude, he was moved in compassion. He was moved in compassion because of three things. When he looked at them, he saw that they were tired. He saw that they were scattered. And he saw that they were sheep without guidance. They were lost. They needed answers. They couldn't go any further. They were tired. They were scattered abroad. They were seeking for something that they did not understand. They didn't know it. So in his compassion, he turns around and he looks at them. And he moves in a way that you and I have to be moving for the people. And we find as well as they were there in those days, they are here in these days today. There are people that are abroad, scattered. There are people that are looking for guidance. There are people that are sick. There are people that are tired. And they're looking for true answers. And the true answer is Jesus Christ. And we have to have enough compassion to minister. We have to have enough compassion to get up. And even when we don't feel like it, preach the gospel of compassion. When you look at Matthew chapter 14, 14, again, he looks and there's another multitude. I believe it's a multitude of 4,000. And he looks at them and they're lost people. See, God is in the business of looking for the lost people. I think I've shared with you many of times that my pastor used to share with me. If you don't love people, if you can't have mercy for people, if you can't have compassion for people, then you're in the wrong business. Because mercy, love, and compassion... Are the true maturity of a believer in Christ. Then we look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 32. God, not only, Christ not only cared about their spiritual well-being, but he also cared about their physical well-being. The Bible says that He looks at the people, and again, they were tired. They were following him for a long period of time, and he had been teaching, and he had been ministering. And the Bible says that he tells the disciples, the people are hungry. So God didn't only care about their spiritual Well being, but he also cared about their physical well being, and the Bible says that he fed them, he was sensitive. You see, compassion moves us to being sensitive. And then we look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 34. The Bible says that there were two men that were blind, and the Bible says that the multitudes were. It was packed. See, when Jesus came into the house, the house got packed. Because they knew that something was going to happen. They knew that miracles were going to flow. They knew that compassion was going to be there. They knew that if they were sick and Jesus touched them, they would be healed. And the Bible says that these two blind men cried out and said, have mercy on us. And the people, you always find selfish people. And the people try to push them to the side, looking that they were sick, seeing that they were blind. Now, we don't know if they were physically blind or they were spiritually blind. But the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on them. And he gave them their sight back. That's who Christ is. That's who God is. That's who you and I should be. People of compassion. And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 1 verse 40 and 42 that he heals some lepers. And then Mark chapter 5 verse 19, the Bible says that he delivers a lunatic, a crazy man. And then the Bible teaches us in Mark chapter 6 verse 34 that he taught the people that were unlearned. He taught them the right way because he had enough compassion to teach them so that they wouldn't go astray, to teach them so that they could know the truth And then Mark chapter 8 verse 2 shows us which I thought was very interesting that there is a widow that obviously lost her husband but in this particular scripture she also lost her son. Now I don't know if Why he did it, I don't know if the compassion was so great that it affected him in a way that he knew that two losses were gonna be too difficult for her to bear, but the Bible says that he moves in compassion and he revives the son. Nevertheless, he had compassion upon her because he cared for what she was feeling. And I want to submit to you today that Christ has enough compassion that he cares for the, even the smallest thing that you're going through today. He sees your hurt. He lifts you up in compassion. In the pain that you may be going through today, he will lift you up because of compassion. You see, Christ's compassion was moved on the Father's business. Christ's compassion was moved on the Father's business. Let me ask you today, is your compassion moved through the Father's business? The Father's business is people I find this quite interesting, and I debate it so much. I don't know if it's because... I mean, I'm sure, you know, Christ had his genealogy. Mary and Joseph. And I'm sure he had cousins. And and I believe that further on in the Bible, you know, he has a sister. I'm sure he had... Aunties and uncles. But it amazes me that Christ moved on others. And again, I debated on this a lot, a couple weeks. But he moved in compassion for others. Before his family, before the ones he loved. Let me give you one example, okay? Don't let me lose you because I found this to be quite interesting. Now, you guys heard of Lazarus, right? And the Bible says that Christ loved Lazarus. Nevertheless, the Bible says that when he got news that Lazarus had died and his sister had sent out for him, the Bible says that he tarried two more days before he went over there. I don't know about you, but if I found out that somebody that I love died, I would probably drop everything and go. But the Bible says that he tarried two more days before he went over and was able to minister to his own. Again, the Bible says that he loved Lazarus and he loved the family. Let's look at it. John chapter 11. And we're talking about the compassion of God, the compassion of Christ.
1: By no means
0: go home and say the pastor said not to have compassion on you. So I know you're my family and everything, but others come first. We're talking about Christ and we're talking about God's compassion. And the Bible says, John chapter 11, verse one. Now a certain man was sick, named what? Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord behold, he, he whom thou, what does it say? Love is. Love is is sick. So Lazarus, had not even died yet. Christ could have gone over there and done the miracle before he died. Okay. And the Bible says. Are you with me? When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto what? Death. Death. But for the glory of God. That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. thereby. What did it say? Now, Jesus, what did it say? Loved Martha. And her sister and Lazarus when he had heard therefore that he was sick what happened he abode two days still in the same place where he was now when you look at scripture before that you begin to see that you know the Pharisees were arguing with him he was doing ministry he was healing he was doing all these different things that took compassion. Now again, you and I would we probably drop everything and shot over there and prayed and, and then all these miraculous things, but God in his compassion was about his father's business and put everyone else first before the ones he loved. And that's who God is. Not only does he send his son to die for you and I,
1: for at times,
0: ungrateful people, come on, how many how many of you can say you could become ungrateful at times? Unspiritual at times. Come on. Only Yvonne come on. Helpless people. Ignorant people at times. Come on. Don't tell me that because I'll tell the truth. You see, Lazarus was like family to him. Yet, he took care of the mission that God has set before him rather than fulfilling the feelings that he had inside of him first. He was about his father's business. Now by no way am I gonna enforce to you to put others first, to put compassion on others first before your family. Because I truly believe that God gives us enough strength to have compassion for others and for our families. And He'll make the way so that we could juggle both of them at the same time. But Christ was trying to save and preach and minister the Father's business before His feelings. You know, I seen a very interesting, I guess it was an analogy, I'm not too sure if it was true. But I I seen a, it was a man that was working on a railroad with his son. They were working on a bridge. And in working on this bridge, he had told his son to step away from the tracks. And in this video, it shows that it doesn't show the explicit. It's just like a story, right? But he's telling his son to get away from the tracks. And as he sees the train with hundreds of people coming, the father is stuck in making a decision to either allow his son to get ran over by the train or let a hundred people die. And the man knew that the right thing would be to sacrifice his son rather than to let a hundred people die. That is the compassion that God has. It's an analogy. It's symbolic. And by no means I'm telling you to go and strap your, your kid. And It was just an analogy to the compassion that God has for the lost. So Christ's compassion was moved. on the Father's business. Now why do you think that aside from the love and the mercy and the helplessness that you and I may find ourselves at times, why do you think God gives and shows us compassion to people that are so undeserving You see, God gives you and I compassion so that we, in turn, can show compassion to others. And not only others, but to our families. How do we know that? Let's turn to Mark chapter 5. And we're going to go off of verse 19. Now, again, this is the story of the maniac, the lunatic of Gadara. The Bible says that Jesus crosses over on a ship. And the Bible says that this lunatic runs up to him and he throws himself at his feet. And the Bible says that this man told dwelled amongst tombs. And the Bible shows us that no man could restrain him. They try to tie him up. They try to strap him down. And they did this because there was times that he would throw himself in the fire and he would just act Crazy. Nobody could tame him, the Bible says. He was crazy. He was a lunatic. He was insane. He had lost his mind. And the Bible says that nevertheless, in this state of mind, when Jesus appears in this scene, the Bible says that this lunatic runs over there and he worships him for who he is. I want to submit to you today that Every demon that may be troubling you has to bow down to the name of Jesus. All right. Only one person believes that. You ought to be shouting. Because demons have to flee. They have to run at the presence of Jesus. And the Bible says that this crazy man in a loud voice he says to Jesus and it was in the man it was actually the demons cries out in a loud voice and they say what do we have to do with you and they begin to say we ask you that you don't torment us And the Bible says that Jesus says, come out of this man, you unclean, filthy spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, it has to come out. And the Bible says that Jesus begins to talk to these demons and he begins to say, what is your name? And the Bible says, you know the story, he says, we are legion, which means many. So, not only one demon tormented this man, but it was many. And finally, the Bible tells us that Jesus casts out the demon and in compassion. Look at your neighbor and say, and in compassion. This man that had lost his mind now is found sitting there in his right mind. After Jesus casted, cast out the demon or the legion, the many demons, and he's found there in his right mind, focused, attentive who he used to be and he tells Jesus hey look I would like to go with you but Jesus in compassion tells him, no go to your own in other words go to your family go to your neighbors go to your friends and let them know the miracles that were performed here you see Christ in his compassion, sends him back so that he could proclaim the good news not only to his friends, not only to his neighbors, but to his family. That's compassion. I want to submit to you today that God, Christ, has had compassion upon you so that you could go and show compassion to your family. Do you believe that today? Let's look at it. Verse 18, the Bible says, And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed or asked him that he might be with him. In other words, that he may go with him. And how be it, Jesus... Would not let him, but said unto him, Go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had what? Compassion, Compassion on you. I don't know why, church, but it's easy for us to have compassion for others. But it's hard to have compassion for our loved ones. And nevertheless, Christ knows this very concept. You see, it's unknown why this man asked him. Maybe he was still in doubt. Look, if I go with Christ... And these demons come and torment me again. He may be able to cast them out. But nevertheless, Christ knew that he could minister to him from afar. But he knew that this man was not going to be able to minister to his family from afar off. So he sends them back to his family. He sends them back to his own so that he could proclaim the same compassion that Christ had upon him. So that he could have it upon his family. But again, it's easy for us to have compassion for others, but it's difficult for us to have compassion for our loved ones. I wanna submit to you today that Christ, including myself, is sending you back is sending me back to have compassion on our loved ones, to have compassion on our families. We cannot be something different here at church and be a different person at home. Can I get an amen? If you are willing to have compassion for somebody within the church or within the body more than for your family, then there's some maturity that needs to take place. You know that the Bible calls you and I infidels. The Bible calls you and I infidels. Well, we are not able to give to our family what we're able to give to others. Do you want to take my word for it, or do you want to just? You want to look at it? You want to look at it? Okay, let's look at it. And we're going to close there, and and we're going to have a time to worship and reflect. If you're leaving and, and you're confused, like I don't understand the message, if they ask you just say this, the pastor said that compassion is a reflection of maturity. Okay? <laughs> if you missed it if you missed it just say oh yeah what's the pastor preach on what did, what did you learn at church oh compassion is the reflection of maturity at least like that you look like you paid attention amen there's nothing worse than you know going back home and Hey, so how was church? Oh, it was good what they preach on. I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> What's the name of your pastor? I don't know, but good. How long have you been going there? for About three years? What's the name of your church? I don't know. But I just... First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. The sister said something yesterday that um, ministered to me, and she said that, you know, when you're doing things around the house, and believe me, I fall short on that, you're ministering to your family. When you're cooking, when you're, when you're uh, cleaning, when you when you're doing something that blesses your house, you're actually ministering to your family. And I felt like a stone was thrown in me. But yeah, I ministered to me because, you know, I, I try, right? That's the excuse, I try. But I want you to understand that this portion of Scripture provides to Go many different ways. It could be provide financially. It could be provide uh, emotionally. Provide could be anything if you're in a marriage. Anything that falls under, under that umbrella. Maybe if you have a family. Maybe if you have kids in your household. Provide could go many different ways. The Bible says in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. But if any, look at your neighbor say, if any, yes, any, provide not for his own. What does his own mean? His family. His household. And especially. What does it say right there? Especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith. And are worse than what? What does it say? An infidel. Wow. I want you to just let that resonate for a bit. Because there is nothing worse than somebody denying their faith. And there's nothing worse than an infidel. That means somebody that is not faithful. Now believe me, I I know what it's like to have a mistress Well, calm down, calm down. I know what it's like to have the church be the mistress. Because for pastors, for leaders, a lot of times the ministry, the church becomes a mistress. They have their marriage, and the church could be their mistress. But Paul is telling us right here that Basically, he's calling us hypocrites if we are able to do for the body, but we're not able to do the same thing for our household. How therefore can I come and be a hypocrite and do more for the household of the church than for my family how therefore can I have more compassion for the household in the church than the household of my family the bible calls you and I we do that that we have denied the faith and that we are worse than infidels Father, help us to have compassion on God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, help us to the same laughs that we're able to share with the church, that we're able to share with our kids, the same smiles, the same jokes that we're able to share with the church house, we can share with our kids and our spouses and our family members. Father. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Father, help us. Help me, Father. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because your people may already be doing that. Help me, Father, to have the same compassion that I have for the church house, to have the same compassion for my kids, my wife, God. Help us, God. to have the same, to be able to be the same, Father, who you are. We ask you, Lord, that our hearts will move in compassion, true compassion. For in this, Father, the people will see the maturity of Christ within us. Remember that church as we worship for about five, ten minutes. The Bible says, what is the profit of man? If he gains the whole world, yet he loses his own soul. You don't know how many friend pastors I've had that have lost that very soul, their families. They have lost their families to the church. in worship. I'm going to ask is, uh, Sister Lupita's up here to help us pray. Listen. If this is you, if you, I want you to just reflect before anything. If you in some way, somehow have had more compassion for others, more than your family, and you say, you know what, things have to change. I want to... Be able to allow prayer to, to to come forth. So if that's you today, maybe you can stand right here, Lupita. And you say, you know what I, I want I want prayer. I wanna have the same I wanna be able to to joke with my family just like I I, I joke with believers or the household of God, I want to be able to be able to have the same compassion, if not more, for my family. I want you to come forward and let us pray for you. You know I have I've had many friends their past their their dads Pastors, one of the greatest things that they would share with me that impacted me was that they would tell me, You know, I just couldn't understand growing up as a pastor's kid how my dad could have more compassion for others, have more grace for others, have more love, what felt more love for others than. He had for his own son. He had for his own daughter. It seemed like his congregation could do no wrong. But when it came to me, it was just like I was I was just rejected and denied and I didn't feel the same love that he felt. For the congregation. And therefore I hate my dad today. So if you're here today and you say, you know what? I want prayer. I want to be able to have that compassion. That Christ compassion. I want you to come up. We're going to open up the altar so that you can get prayed for. So, I want you to just think, look, look within yourself because I could admit it as a pastor. There's been times that I've had more compassion for the church house rather than my family. And we have to be honest with ourselves. So the altar is open, as Brother Alex plays the symphony of love. Altar is open, church.